Welcome, everyone, to the So Fresh, So Prince podcast. My name is Andrew Apple, and with me, as always, is Lorenzo Gordon. Broadcasting to you live from the Chalet Towers. Wait, is that a rat? It, no, it's just a big roach. Um, hi, everybody. <laughs> Today, we're talking about Season 5, Episode 19, and you probably know it as the one where Will convinces Phil to buy Chalet Towers. Yes, the wonderful establishment where uh we can fix any hole in the wall with newspaper as we all know it's not made abundantly clear where chalet towers is but you have to imagine it's a little bit of a drive from chalet towers to the banks's house and from bel-air to get over to uncle phil's new investment and when you're in the car and you're driving you may want some sort of entertainment and when you're not listening to So Fresh, So Prince, may we recommend audiobooks from today's sponsor, Audible.com. They have over 180,000 titles that you can download for free onto your mobile device. Because if you use our URL, audibletrial.com slash so fresh, so prince, they're going to give you a free audiobook just for signing up. And it really helps us out. They have all kinds of books. They have books about television. They have books about movies. They have books that are narrated by James Avery. If there is a book out there that you want to read, Audible has got you covered. And it's an amazing way to feel like a kid again and have somebody read you a story. Just if you're in the car, don't fall asleep (laughs) while you're listening to it because it's not a bedtime story. Although they do have bedtime stories on there. See, it's a win win for everyone. So make sure to go to audibletrial.com slash prince get your 30-day free trial and your book to keep, which you get to keep even if you cancel after the 30 days. And like I said, it really helps us out. So please, audibletrial.com slash prince Now, is there anything that we need to cover before we jump into this episode, Lorenzo? Just the hole in the floor. All right, well, we're going to jump through that hole. This is Season 5, Episode 19, Slum Like It Not. Lorenzo, roll the theme song. Rollin', rollin', rollin'. I have very little faith in people. And much like Uncle Phil in this episode, he has very little faith in Will. Because there, there is a moment in every man's life when he is getting married and he's settling down because he found the woman that he wants to be at his side at every major junction in his life. And then he realizes, holy crap, she loves me. And in a couple of years, she's going to want to start having babies And that means that I'm going to have to afford diapers, and I'm going to have to afford food, and I'm going to have to buy a house, and that means I have to make a lot of money, and I don't know how to make money. And then you just sort of start to melt down into this pile of goo. Or in Will's case, uh, you just start chewing your nails and then tell Uncle Phil that you need to be realistic about how you can make money, which is by becoming rich within the next two weeks or two days, whichever is more reasonable. Look, 
I'm I'm not going to bash any Republican or Democrat or billionaire. I'm just going to say Will has had it figured out his whole life, or at least at this juncture in the show, because he said, look, I, I need to make this happen in like two months, two weeks, two days. And as soon as he says, you know, I just need somebody to come in and, and say and in his set and in his head, he said, I need somebody to come in and say they just got so much money. I just need something to do with it. And that's immediately what happens. Well, there's a reason why at the tag of this episode, Uncle Phil says to Will, you're the one who probably causes me the most grief, but you're also the one that I worry the least about, which is fairly legitimate because the most responsible one is still Ashley. Uh, And, you know, she's young enough that she can still be corrupted. Meanwhile, Carlton, we know he has an SEC violation investigation in his future, no matter what. And 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 he, he will crumble. Let me he, he will crumble. There is no there is no uh, redeeming factor when you crumble. That is 100 percent correct. Meanwhile, Hillary, it's a, it's an over under 50 50 shot that she could very easily be taken in and become the queen of a cult without even realizing it. Yes. Yeah, see, Hillary can uh, swing to be an Anna Nicole Smith or a Kamora Lee Simmons, depending on the weather of uh, her feelings. Now, I want to say, and this is not a commentary on Karen Avery, who is a strong woman and a very, very talented actress. But as far as the character of Hillary goes, I think you're giving her a little too much credit. I don't know (laughs) that she can go Kimora, only because... Everything Kimora Lee Simmons does is very intentionalized. She sets a plan and she figures out how to do it and not in the way Hillary does it, which is, hey, universe, I want this. Oh, it's already on my doorstep. Of course it is. No, Kimora, she sets meetings and makes plans, whereas Hillary just opens up her arms and suddenly everything she needs flies into it. So she has the likelihood of just failing upwards in more of an Anna Nicole Smith way because she knows how to use her charm for good. And I don't think there's a bad bone in her body. Whereas, let's be honest, Kimura, she seems like she would cut someone in the wrong situation. Well, she was with the Zen master. So, I mean, you know... You got to learn how to cut somebody when you're with the Zen master. Okay. Full disclosure, and you would know this better than me. How Zen do you really think Russell Simmons is? He's extremely Zen, first and foremost. Let's let me just put it to you like this. Anybody who can hold um a uh, a specific demeanor for a long enough time where people feel that that is your actual character. You're good. You are so good because you'll have moments. You'll have human moments where you'll want to go full Homer Simpson on somebody, but you won't. I am just very impressed with that being the truth because 
if Sheila Robinson was the one who brought hip hop into the mainstream, then Russell Simmons was the Bill Gates to her Steve Jobs. Yeah, very true. And Bill Gates, you know that behind closed doors, he he is both members of the Fight Club and has gone full hostile on someone in Croatia. (laughs) You just know it to be true. You know, when you become a world citizen, you learn how to uh, make your violence elegant. Where like the Blue Danube is playing in the background as you slice people in several places simultaneously with your two machetes that you wield that have golden handles. Well, unless you're um, in in certain cultures where it's ivory. No, you see, I don't think Bill Gates would go ivory. You know why? Because I don't think he wants to kill the elephants. Ooh, humanitarian. Dang. But that's definitely not Hillary. No, not at all. Because Will's attempt to get money has him going to anyone who will listen, including Hillary, who always seems to know how to get money out of Uncle Phil. Because going back to the well, Will realizes that if he can get an investment out of Uncle Phil, who has disposable income and for the right investment would give him money, he approaches Hillary, who recommends that... Will just hug him so tight. Just hug Uncle Phil in that true bear hug so close that Uncle Phil's wallet just pops out and Will can grab it and take money out of it. That has never worked. Well, for Hillary, it's probably worked, but kind of in the way of like a father who owns a business and he brought his son into the business and the son is like slowly laundering money out of the business into a separate account. Well, that that's Carlton. Exactly. In the way that Uncle Phil probably knows about it and like make sure that the accountant's like, hey, uh, Carlton just moved $100,000 into a, an account in the Caymans. Can we make sure that he's not going to get in trouble? Don't worry about it, Phil. We'll make sure that everything's on the up and up. So he's not going to go to jail. Oh, no, he would absolutely go to jail. But since you caught it, we've got it covered. Yeah, I feel like Carlton is the money launderer, and he sneaks money away from Uncle Phil. Hillary uh, probably has uh, probably three or four blank cards, or you know those cards you get in the mail where where it's just John Doe, and it's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Those are probably the Hillary cards. It's like they have no money and no line of credit on them. So when she takes them and spends them, Uncle Phil just knows how much she's spending. But Will has this early Mark Cuban approach to an investment. I'm just going to badger you until you say yes to something. And to Will's credit, some of his ideas in this episode are ahead of their time. Groundbreaking, I say. For example... He has an idea where you have a beeper that instead of beeping, it makes a coughing sound. You mean like ringtones? Exactly. We were 100% on the same page there. I'm sorry. I had to interrupt you. I've been just, how are you that ahead of your time? Now, the fried chicken flavored aspirin, I'm not going to say that's a bad idea. You want to know why? Why? The South. Okay, 
you've convinced me that obviously this is a good idea. See, and that's that's all Will is trying to do. That's it. But he realizes very quickly that Uncle Phil is not ahead of his time. He doesn't get Will, but Uncle Phil understands the most simple and the most sturdy of all investments. And what is that? Uh, give me my money back and then some. <laughs> I was going to say real estate, but yes. <laughs> I, I, you know, I just feel very, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm staying away from this line because the obvious nineties joke leads to a Trump, uh, ending and I don't even want to go there. Well, we don't have to. The episode already did it for us. But I can assure you that Donald Trump does not negotiate business deals playing a ukulele and wearing a bullwinkle hat. <laughs> because Will and Jazz interrupt Uncle Phil's viewing time in his chambers where we get the most subtle OJ reference that has <laughs> ever been put on television. <laughs> Little Lance Edo, who'd have thought it? Because, and, and I'm serious about this. Like, if you are just a kid and you come across this on VH1 and someone makes a reference to Lance Edo, no one's going to understand that unless you were there. But what it yeah. does imply is that it looks like there could have been a chance in the Fresh Prince universe that Uncle Phil could have gotten the OJ trial. Oh, that would have been, as uh, Coming to America said it, good and terrible. Although, I'm going to be completely honest, I kind of want to see it. We can have it in the reboot. What would be the equivalent? Like, who would have to go on trial today in order to have Uncle Phil be the judge? Although, at this point, it wouldn't be Uncle Phil since, you know, James Avery, RIP. In the reboot... Is Carlton a judge or is that not till season four when he decides to run because he's just been a high powered lawyer since his ability to trade stocks was removed by the SEC? Yeah, you're right. It'd be about season four. And I don't know who it would be. I think the only way the only way it could work is if uh, you ran with the storyline of is Chloe Kardashian, OJ's child. Ah, that would be wonderful. Uh, a civil trial where Chloe Kardashian is suing Kris Jenner for psychological damages for having OJ be her father. That's like Dynasty LA. <laughs> the, okay, I might have overstepped. <laughs> it's a little more Orange County than. Uh, oh. Then, yeah, yeah, sorry, had to go there. But alas, we do have a fairly theatrical sequence. And, and it's it's very much like a pre-entourage moment, if you will. Uh, I was going to say Shark Tank. All right, I can see Shark Tank as well. I was just thinking of uh, Martin Landau's character from Entourage, where he walks into every business meeting. He's like, what if I gave you a script that you could make for no money, it would be a huge hit, and we'd make hundreds of millions of dollars. Is that something you'd be interested in? Yes. I can't give you the Ari Gold answer that I want to, but yes. Well, I mean, we, we, we are explicit on iTunes, so if you wanted to, you could, even if you would sound like an angry black man. 
No, I just can't literally pop that Jeremy <laughs> Piven's vessel to even get those words out. Okay. Can you yell Lloyd one time for me? No. No. Okay. I, I, I'm I'm not gonna do that this justice because I need an Ari Gold in my life. All right. It, it it was worth a shot. But what we essentially end up here with is a fairly theatrical presentation where Will and Jazz essentially break into Uncle Phil's chambers, put on uh, Rasta hats and fake dreads, saying that if Uncle Phil invests in chalet towers where Jazz just happens to live, he could retire on an island. I want to say that's true. And realistically, it's not the craziest thing in the world. I mean, gentrification is a real thing in the greater L.A. area. And the idea that the area surrounding Compton would become more lucrative is not a crazy one. I mean, if you look at where real estate is in L.A. and, oh, my God, I've gone full Californians, I need to stop. Well, no, no, you're just actually right on target because the new real estate hotspot is Compton. Yeah, and do you know where they had to go before Compton? Panorama City. Well, they had to pick a safe city that wasn't <laughs> completely uh, in this the city spectrum or the public eye. You know, they had that was like the tester city. But you're seeing it everywhere. I mean, once upon a time, you could spend five dollars a week and rent out a warehouse in Little Tokyo. And now there are buildings going up there where it's going to cost $2,000 a month for a studio. You mean a box? It's not New York level, but yeah, I mean, 900 square feet. It ain't much. <laughs> it's a it's a box that you can actually take four steps in and be at the wall. But you know what? For one person... That may not be such a bad deal. It's not a bad idea. No. And for the fact that L.A. is trying to turn into New York, we may all be stuck there soon enough unless we all decide to live in the valley. Only one way in and one way out. So I, I'm not sure. I got to have a lot of money if I go back. Oh, there are many different ways out. It's just a recognition that if you're trying to get out of the valley between the hours of 8 and 11 and get back in between four and seven, you're just going to be in the car for anywhere between an hour to two and a half hours. Shout out to all of our listeners who live in small towns and never have to worry about this. And shout out to all our listeners who live in big towns and get to take public transportation. Yep. We cover the spectrum. <laughs> that we do. Now, oddly enough, Will actually has a pretty good prospectus here. It's solid. The real estate is clearly valuable. They can get the building for a very low price, and the upgrades aren't going to cost much. But it's Will, so Phil immediately diminishes it. So Will goes shifty on the subject and says it's from Carlton to get Uncle Phil to take it seriously. So I see he's taken Jeffrey's 48 Laws of Power book. When did 48 Laws of Power become a thing? I don't know when it became a thing, but I know the book has been out for a minute. You think Jazz gave it to Will and Will's like, this is good. <laughs> oh, no, dude, this is smart. I don't, I don't think Jazz. Um, Jazz has that idiot savant kind of thing going on for him. Like, there's a lot of stuff he's not good at. 
and some stuff he's weirdly good at that he's never read books. Touche. But, you know, when you're selling an illegal product that has a 400% markup, you tend to get pretty strong with business acumen pretty quickly. Yeah, I mean, that's business 101. Skip Harvard Business School. Spend about two months on the ground floor in any major city, and you will learn every lesson you need to learn. But that's true of everything. I mean, college teaches you a bunch of theory, and then you go out in the real world knowing what you want to do and who you are as a human being, and then you actually have to figure out how to do stuff. Yeah. So kids, if you're going to go to college, make sure you start a podcast while you're there. Yes. Because, yeah, you need to try and you need to fail. And especially if you're going to film school, make a lot of really bad films. Thank you. I would see this, this is why we're friends. You yes. People, there, there's moments where I'm like, why am I his friend? And that's why, because he took the words literally out of my brain. Okay. Well, I'm, I, I'm going to uh, pretend like you didn't, you know, backhanded no, no, it, compliment there. No, it, you know, you, you ever wonder why it's like, hey, that's your friend? Yeah. Oh, I wouldn't peg you to his friends. And you're like, why not? And you just proved it. It's not a backhanded compliment. It's just a reminder. <laughs> well, if if anyone questions our friendship, I, I, I would lead them to the fact that we have uh, now 119 hours of podcasts. Well, actually, no, at this point, I think it's 125 hours worth of podcasts that we have recorded every week for no other reason than the love of the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. And, you know, when, when Will Smith joined YouTube and Instagram, you know, he, he didn't call us. He called Lily Singh and did a YouTube okay. video with her. It, it, it's okay. I'm just saying, you know, it's, we, we're here too, Will. We're here if too. If we learn anything from Will this episode, let's just put it out there. And it will literally, he will literally walk up to us. And you know and, what? And look. I'm I'm putting it on the fans now. I'm putting it on all the <laughs> listeners. If you can send a uh, direct message, DM Will Smith on Instagram and say he just needs to come do the podcast and hang out with us for a while. And you should do that. And tell him we will make it as easy as possible for him. And yes, we will bring the Philly cheesesteaks from Philly. Yes. I'm sure Postmates can deliver it. <laughs> or we'll just go to Philly after the podcast okay. on the private jet. Sounds good to me. And hopefully uh, that's where they end up shooting uh, Bright 2. Hey, I'm there. Well, no, they're going to shoot Bright 2 here in L.A. Yeah, they did shoot the whole thing in L.A. It was like four or five neighborhoods. Yeah. And I, wanted to, I wanted to think because you know how like they uh, – shoot certain things in like Atlanta and then New York and then they just make it all look like one city. Mm-hmm. They didn't do that for Bright. No. And we're very happy that they didn't because it was an L.A. story, even if it wasn't an L.A. story. It was a, a galactic story. <laughs> and a wonderful story it was. But we're talking about a Compton story right now because Uncle Phil decides to take a chance on Will, and he seems like he's going to end up making some money, but the problem is that he did make one mistake that he didn't go look at the 
building first. He just saw Will's numbers and took them for granted and then gave Will the 5% down payment and then went and got a mortgage on the building. I mean, if you got enough money to just throw away and lose, it's not a bad thing, but it kind of sucks that as soon as you make the investment, you get sued by the person who convinced you partly to make the investment for being a slumlord. Well, that's the thing about jazz. Jazz is a cockroach. (laughs) There is no redeeming quality of a cockroach other than it will survive the apocalypse. But that's how he looks at his life. I mean, he tries to make sure every day that whatever cards he's playing with, they become a full house for him. Even if he has to bluff his way through it. Exactly. So once the building gets sold to Uncle Phil, Jazz immediately sues Uncle Phil as the head of the Tenants Association, which makes no sense whatsoever because Uncle Phil easily could have made that go away. But he realizes that it's not worth it. Like there's a court order to fix up the building. Uncle Phil has to fix up the building anyways. He went to find some contractors. The contractors don't show up. So we get a great sitcom montage of Will and Carlton doing a horrible job cleaning up this apartment building right after Uncle Phil falls through the ceiling. Yeah. You know, so far we've had like four shows that are ahead of their time. Or no, no, I'll say not four. Maybe maybe just a couple. We have Shark Tank with the pitch. And we have Property Brothers with Will and Carlton. Which is my favorite reality TV show. (laughs) They're brothers. And they like to take people to houses that they can't afford because they're too poor. And I love the look on their faces. It's kind of like Carlton's face when he saw the first time, uh, the building for the first time. Which, I mean, honestly, yeah, it was a fixer-upper, but... The foundation of the building was clearly there. And that's the important thing. You can throw some paint over it. You can replace a few floorboards, which is ultimately what they ended up having to do. And because there was a problem with the contractors, Uncle Phil got an extension and he knew everything was going to be okay. So even though Will was freaking out that they weren't going to get it done in time... Uncle Phil had dealt with this enough times and had the benefit of hindsight to know that everything was ultimately going to be okay. And he has the benefit of still having 95% of the money in his pocket. Because you know what you call it when you let a building go? A tax write-off. Ding, 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 ding. That's money. That's what money sounds like in my head. That's fair. Uh but what does a, a Theo moment sound like in your head? It, You know, I think we just got a Thea moment. We didn't get quite a Theo moment. We got an awkward, like, Theo's meets home improvement. It It literally looked like Tim Allen talking to one of his kids. Like, yeah, you know, you're my son. So, like, I got you. You're my son. Yeah. yeah. You well, know what I mean? I think the primary difference is that when we think of a Theo moment, we think of that first big confrontation between Cliff and Theo when Theo says he's going to drop out of school 
and Cliff has to explain to him that if you make $300 a week, you're not going to be living pretty and you need an education in order to make it through. Yeah. That's when Theo was a child. And we saw that going for quite some time, but it got to a point where Theo was an adult and the problems that he was going through were no longer him being a kid who doesn't realize how the world works, but rather the same thing that Will was going through, which was, oh my God, I know how the world works now (laughs) and I need to actually step up. So he has tasted the fruit of the tree of good and evil. Yes. And he does not like the taste. That is the taste of capitalism that he is embracing right there. Well, I was going to say it was the bitter taste of the sticky stuff on the stairs. I know that was a throwaway joke for somebody, but that got me. Just this time it got me. No, it's legitimate. I mean, that that was one of the things that was on Jazz's list of grievances that needed to be taken care of along with, why do they keep making Chevy Chase movies? <laughs> because they named a street after this man. They named a street after Martin Luther King Jr. And he's only got one movie. Yeah, but he got shot. <laughs> what do you... There, there, there's no redeeming quality of getting shot. But no. he, he, he was trying to do the right thing while he was alive, and he just had a very abrupt end. And when it came to doing the right thing, Spike Lee had to pick up the slack. Well, he picked up a, a trash can and threw it through a window. So I mean, <laughs> I, I think that makes up for it. Fair enough. Speaking of throwing things, uh, Jazz doesn't want to pay his rent, so he throws himself down the stairs. Well, no, he wants to. He just can't. Well, he he makes a proposal to hold off on paying his rent until he actually has the money, to which his landlord, Uncle Phil, says no. And after Jazz throws himself down the stairs, Will very rightfully points out, don't worry, Uncle Phil, his check would have bounced too. Yeah, that was a good one. And that's the end of the episode right there. I mean, we had a good 10 minutes of just fixing up stuff and Will yeah. getting electrocuted. A town risk. As Carlton is holding the flashlight over the fuse box, he reads a tone risk, which is at own risk. And then Will not only gets electrified, but then puffs out a ball of smoke yeah that that seems like more of a snoop dog thing i don't think smoke collects in your insides it does when your innards burn just a little bit (laughs) maybe that's how will just became magnificently enlightened i suppose it was because that's the end of the episode so tell me this lorenzo what did we learn from this episode that getting married is a terrifying thing if you realize how the world works and that you are not wor- you're not mastering it at this moment. Touche. And would you say this was a good episode? It was a good episode. And and I say that as my voice goes up. <laughs> but it was a good episode. I it was a memorable episode. Yeah. 
I would stop and watch it if it showed up on TV, which, I mean, for these later seasons, that's kind of what the threshold is. I mean, and what I appreciate about this episode is this not only shows the evolution of the show, but also the evolution of Benny Booms, a.k.a. Benny R. Richburg Jr., who wrote this episode, who has made his way all the way from West Philly homeboy consultant to supervising producer. See, that he's on the will track right there, you know? That he is. This is the first time we hear of Chalet Towers and the last time we hear of Chalet Towers. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he dumped it uh, very soon after getting it. It's called flipping it, and that's a good way to make some money. Yeah. So that just about covers it for us, unless there's anything that you feel that we left out. No, like I said, it was... It was a solid half A story, like, or not a half A story. We just got into the A story really early. I feel like the writers actually wrote an intro and they just X'd it when they were in the editing bay. You know, and that does happen. You know, sometimes you just shoot too much and then you have to make hard decisions. And when you have to do that, you have to decide, well, what's most necessary for the story, which unfortunately sometimes means you have to cut some funny stuff. And there were no bloopers for this one. They haven't been doing bloopers for a while now, actually. I mean, I think they kind of stopped that mid-season four. Is it because everybody else has other shows and things to go to or Will has a movie to jet off to so they got to get the script right the first time? Well, Mike Socio told us that as time went on, they just got tighter and better. That works too. So that's what I'm going to decide to go with. I think that they just got tighter and they got better. And, and, and if you notice, this was a very, very small cast. I mean, this was just the core of it. You had Will, Phil, Hillary, Carlton, Ashley, and Jazz. You know, other than that, you only had two guest stars who only had one scene apiece. And the amazing thing about uh, rewatching these episodes for me now, especially as I've had the privilege of being on set and seeing some of these scripts, it's amazing that Ashley or Hillary probably only had a paragraph's worth of lines in this whole show. But you know what? It's okay because their lines were memorable and they got paid the same as always. Exactly. That's an easy day at work. You mean all I have to do is remember five sentences and you're going to pay me how much? I'm here all day. (laughs) Is your beeper going off? Well played. (laughs) I'm on it today. Last week you had it. I have it this week. And next week, we'll see who has it, because that's going to do it for us this week. But tell us, what did you think of this episode? Let us know at SoFreshSoPrince.com. You can send us a message there. Also, like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram, at SoFreshSoPrince. We're also on Tumblr. And there's many easy ways to get in touch with us, whether it be via DM, whether it be via Facebook message, whether it be the website. And remember... Will is on these places, too, so let him know that you want him to come on So Fresh, So Prince. See, all I need for you to do is to tell Will he didn't show up. It, 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 I'll, I'll, I'll keep trying it. I'll just keep saying it until it happens. Okay. It's, <laughs> it's like the old Jimmy Kimmel bit. Uh, with apologies, we had to bump Matt Damon tonight. We're doing it in reverse. 
Will Smith did still not return our calls, uh, but we're hoping for next week. Yeah. Well, that'll do it for us. So thank you all so much for listening. And please remember, above all else, whatever you do and however you do it, make sure you stay so fresh. So print. So Fresh So Print is a Bitten from the Apple production produced by Andrew Apple and Lorenzo Gordon. Music by Griffey Major.